Welcome to the Happiness Dude Weekly Podcast, where we help you achieve more and be happier doing it. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Leonard. I'm excited to share with you some of the amazing stories and people like yourself that have found the secret to finding happiness in an ever-changing world. We will share real stories about real people. Let's be inspired as we seek greater happiness in our work and personal lives. In this episode of the Happiness Good Podcast, I had the opportunity to interview Jake White. He is the founder of a company called Party.0. They specialize in throwing parties for colleges, universities, high schools, and organizations that are drug and alcohol free. You really need to listen to this podcast because what he talks about is powerful, about how to make decisions for ourselves, how to destruct our own comfort zone, and how to realize that you have impact in your life. Good morning, Jake White. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, Dr. Leonard. How about you? Oh, man, I've got to tell you, I just love, I love every day. I love absolutely every day of my life, and (laughs) Um, I've had a lot of fun the past little bit, regardless of trials and challenges and difficulties. I am just feeling like I'm on top of the world. And even though parts of my life may feel like or look like they're crumbling down, I am just frankly having a blast in this life. What about you? I mean, I think that's the right way to go through it. We're not going to get everything laid at our feet like we want to, so might as well enjoy Enjoy the ride, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, tell us, who is Jake White? What, what do you do? Why are you on the Happiness Dude podcast? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> so yeah, my name is Jake White. I grew up in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And my story kind of starts in college where I was a little bit weird. I was one of those those students that didn't want anything to do with alcohol. And that kind of Uh, makes you an outcast in college. So went through college kind of ashamed of that decision because I was different until finally decided to own up to it, be who I was. And I started this uh, business called Party.0. And basically what we do is we throw massive house parties, but without any drugs or alcohol. Instead, you know, we build hype. We get big name sponsors like Red Bull and Papa John's. Uh, we play awesome games, we have DJs, and we just have a blast with hundreds of students just having fun, meeting new people. Um, yeah, and just, I can't say it enough, just having fun. <laughs> no way. Okay, now hang on just a second. You you were the outcast, you didn't have alcohol. Was there a reason why you didn't drink? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there is so many and reasons why I didn't drink in college. Number one, being that I had, I'd grown up with two uncles who I loved very much, lost one of them to alcohol addiction and the other watched him go, you know, in and out of prison and the hospital, um, through addiction to alcohol and then eventually other drugs. So I knew that in my mind that alcohol could never really give me anything or, or improve my life. I'd seen in ways that it could deteriorate my quality of life. So I, I chose to be different and to, abstain from that completely, no matter what it meant for my social life, uh, which again was hard at first until I decided to kind of be open with my decision. You know what? That is really cool. Um, <laughs> you know, willing, willing to stand up and be different is a hard and scary thing. And sometimes we feel like we're going to get ridiculed or made fun of, or it will 
further, you know, engender our outcast feeling. But the reality is, mm-hmm. I think as we learn to stand on our own, um, we find out that there's a whole bunch of people that think and act and do things just like us. We just didn't know it before. Absolutely. No, it's, it's exactly like that because everyone feels insecure. No matter how beautiful you think someone is or how perfect they think that they are, uh, they're not. They're insecure about many different things. So when someone comes out with it and says, hey, I'm imperfect, I have flaws, or I'm different, it encourages everybody else to be open about that because we're all wanting to follow someone. You know, leading is hard. It's vulnerable. So when we see someone like that, he says, hey, I'm different, then all their people, you know, just come and, you know, they join them. So what I like to tell people that's just kind of blows everyone's mind is that if you want to fit in, then don't fit in, stand out, because then you will never have to make another friend again. Your friends will come and find you, which is a lot easier. Hang on, say that again. If you want to fit in. (laughs) Yeah. So if you want to fit in, stand out. Don't concentrate on fitting into what other people are doing or what other people want for you. Because then you're, you know, again, you're going away from what you want and you're fitting into someone else's life. But if you want that real, those real friends, that real group that gets you, go ahead and stand out, be different. And you're going to attract those other people. They're going to come fit into what you believe. Um, So again, standing out will help you fit in a lot easier than fitting in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of confusing, but I hope you get the point. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I totally get the point. Um, it, but it's mm-hmm. so, oh, I, I want to call it anti-human, right? I mean, because our whole drive yeah. in life is to feel acceptance, to feel loved, to feel respected, to feel like we have some sort of a tribe. And so yeah. we look for those opportunities in our life. And it could be in our social circles. It could be in our family. It could be at work. It could even be, I mean, even when you go to the gym, people tend to do, uh, you know, they have a habit of doing the same thing over and over and over. And they recognize other people that have a similar one. And then they begin to talk to mm-hmm. them. We, we have this desire to connect with other humans. And yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so, so to be able to stand out and say, you know what, I'm going to do it my way and is, a, is a difficult choice to do, especially as a college student or, or as a young professional, you know, how, how do you, how yeah. do you convince these universities? Because that, is that, is that your main, um, clientele or universities? Yes. Mainly for party point. Oh, it is, it's a university Uh, kind of platform. So when high schools, I do work with high schools, uh, but they don't use Party.0. And actually something exciting I'm working on right now is I'm actually developing a brand for high schools. And uh, there's a few schools that are working on it with me to kind of develop what it's going to be named, what it's going to be called, how everything's going to work. But basically it's going to be the, you know, how to throw these sober parties for your high school um, that will be for all these students who, you know, are ages, you know, 14 to 18, um, not yet in college. And then when they graduate, then they can jump into party point when they're at a university or college. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so, okay. Um, I, I I've got like all these questions because I'm totally fascinated by this whole concept, <laughs> um, of, of throwing these sober parties, you know, my kids, they went to, um, to a high school in Florida 
Uh, some of them did. And, and they would throw this party every year called Oglo. And they basically took the gym and they wrapped the whole thing, I guess you could say in plastic wrap, and then gave people these glow sticks and fluorescent paints and all of these really fun things. And they had this like huge paint fight and dance all underneath <laughs> black lights. And they had a ton of fun. And they talk about it and they go, oh, I wish we could do that again. So I'm really fascinated by by kind of this concept of, of creating an environment for the kids to feel safe, regardless of age. I don't care if you're 14 or 35. We all want to feel safe and have fun. So I'm, I'm really fun. I'm right. really excited about that. How, uh, how, yeah. how, how do you convince, though, in this culture that is very infused with, with parties, especially at the college level, how do you convince these college students to, to really, you know, embrace kind of this party point Oh ideal? So, uh, first let me say that Oglo or whatever you call it sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we did, we had a similar party, uh, for one of our like top three parties was that same idea and absolutely awesome. People love it. And I think that's, to answer your question, you're right. Students are ready. Students and adults, anybody is ready to have a good time. They want to feel acceptance and belonging. They want to have fun. But the question is, have you made it easy for them to do that? And are you compelling enough for them to get out of their comfort zone? So, for example, when students are coming to college, the easiest way to make friends and have fun is to go to parties that there's beers, alcohol, and drinking. So that's like the easy way out, and that's why it's so popular. So for us to compete with that in Party.0 is we make it extremely easy for students to say yes as well. So I want you to compare kind of these two images. So I've got the house party where, uh, again, there's going to be beer, alcohol. And the reason why it's so easy is because a friend has came up to you and asked you to go. Then what they're going to do is they're going to text you that night, say, hey, we're all going to the party. Uh, on Cherry Street, are you coming? And that person thinks to themselves, oh, uh, yeah, I don't have any plans for tonight. If I want to be social, I want to hang out and make friends, which obviously I do, I'm going to go to this party with my friend. Versus you have then the student clubs or the student events that are, are safe, they're sober, and they're, they're fun too. But guess how they're promoting? They are putting up posters all around campus. They're doing radio ads on the campus radio station. They're putting up ads on the television screen, but there's not that personal connection. So what we do is we kind of mash those two. And so with Party.0, I teach people how to take someone as a complete stranger you've never met before. And within 25 seconds, make them your friend, like show a genuine interest in them and then get their phone number so you can invite them to every party you have that year. And in a way, that's just like hacking this, this advertising or this party planning and promotion to a simple, easy to duplicate system that works anywhere we go because it shows someone, hey, I'm interested in you. I want you to come to my party. Here's what it's like. And, you know, are you in or are you out? And what we found is that 90% of students are saying yes to a sober house party when we bring it to them in the right way not with the posters and advertisements and stuff, but with a genuine invitation and grabbing their phone number. 
So does that make sense? Oh, it, it totally makes sense. It, uh, I'm going to call it friend hacking because I mean, it, it's kind of that yeah. secret that, that I, I think a lot of our millennials, um, they're, mm-hmm. they're used to this social media and they don't necessarily always know how to strike up a conversation to ask for a phone number or, or to Absolutely. even give their phone number. So, but they would be very quick and very easy to say, Hey man, check me out on Twitter, you know, or, or wherever right. they're, they're going to be hanging out Instagram. Um, all right. So I'm older. Mm-hmm. So I'll, those are mine that I hang out, <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 you know, I think that would be kind of a tough sell to try to convince some of these youth to, to be bold enough to ask for a phone number. How did, how, how do you phrase that? How do you get them to, to be excited about that? So they will mimic how your excitement. So what I teach is, you know, we have a specific script that's in, divided into seven steps, but I'm not going to bore you with that. It comes down to simply when you go out to promote, number one, you're going to promote with a partner. So for example, Mark, if you and I wanted to team up and start throwing these parties together, we would promote together because separately, if we invite someone alone, People will assume, oh, you're alone, which means you don't have friends, which means you're not going to have anyone at your party. You and I are going to be the only ones, not going to be fun. But if you and I promote together, then, you know, we're a team. We have fun. We can bounce off each other. We can share energy. And, hey, if, if Jake's throwing a party and Mark's already going, and then I tell them how many other people are going, then all I have to do is jump on the bandwagon. I don't have to be the first one. I don't have to worry if it's going to be fun because there's going to be all these other people there. Uh, so we show people, you know, to promote in partners, what to say, to tell them how many people are already coming so it, it makes it easier on them. And you'd be surprised that, and I think the secret really is, is this, is that people are ready to jump on a bandwagon. If you give them the drinking bandwagon, they'll jump on. If you give them the party point O bandwagon, they'll jump on that too, and they'll give it a shot. So we're just giving them another option. Yeah, I I, I love it. I man, I really wish that I would have had something like this in in my youth or in my college days. I I was married all through college. I got married very young, um, so I didn't go to a whole lot of parties anyway. But but we did do a lot with couples, and we did do a lot. So I I equate it to some of the the same. Same approach and same idea. And then I, right. I, I was also thinking, man, you know, in the business world, you know, I do a lot with culture and culture change and trying to help people shift and get new behaviors out of their environment and change some of their norms and things of that nature. It is the exact same process that you're talking about. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it, it, that is absolutely yeah. fascinating to me. It works at every level of our life. It works in high school, college, as adults, in organizations. It's all about getting a group of like-minded individuals to come together and talk and to be excited and to say, hey, this is what we're doing and why we're doing it and say, it's coming up, come join us. And people get excited and you're right. We all have this desire to belong and that's all we want to do. So it's so easy yep. to just make that transition. That is so stinking cool. I'm, I'm loving this. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, okay, wait a second. Earlier you said that you get sponsors. Um, yes. How, how, do, how does that work for you guys? What, what does that look like, sound like? The sponsors mostly are, we use them as a tool to bring 
hype to our parties, uh, certain credibility and energy, because again, like you said, if you're just looking from the outside in on this sober party, uh, you, you only concentrate on the sober part. Well, that means there's not going to be alcohol and that's not exciting. What's exciting is, well, what is going to be at the party? So we always tell people, you know, there's going to be a DJ games, sponsors, competitions, and you know, however many people we have on the list, we say that because that's powerful. So the sponsors are mostly products. So Red Bull's a really good partner with us. They always just stock us up. Whenever we have an event, we call them and they say, sweet, what do you need? We're there. Um, so they'll bring products and energy drinks for us. Um, other ones have been really good to us, like Chick-fil-A, Subway, Papa John's Pizza. Uh, so they'll bring food for us. And again, <laughs> who doesn't love free food? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, right? <laughs> it's a huge draw. No matter you know, who you are, everybody loves free food. And uh, it's a good excuse to get people together. And it kind of takes the place of that alcohol in, you know, you would think a keg is the only excuse to get people together. Well, now that's not the case. You know, we've given people another option and, and more things to get excited about. And that way, too, um, when we have other local places sponsor us, it's also a cool incentive. So we, we actually play drinking games, but we play them sober because all of those games are so fun because they're competitive and they're loud and you can play with more than like four people. So that's a recipe for you making friends and being loud and having a good time. So if you cancel the alcohol, it's so much fun still. So instead of getting hammered when you win a drinking game, now you're coming home with a $50 gift certificate that you can use and invite your friends to. And it's supporting our businesses who want to get college students and youth and young adults in their doors. So it's just like a win-win for our sponsors to get students involved and then for our students to come home with something, you know, rather than a hangover. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, so I I don't think I really put this together until right now. In the past three days, no, since Sunday um, of this week, one of my children had one of their peers die in an alcohol-related car crash. Um, another one of my children had um, a friend of his uh, get in an accident driving drunk on a motorcycle. And... and and that individual will be okay, but it's going to have this long lasting impact on their life. And, mm-hmm. and yet at the same time, um, you know, we had this activity here locally uh, last night and one of my kids was saying, well, what's going on there? And the mention was, well, there's going to be food. And not only did, not only did my daughter want to go, but then she, she started calling her friends and saying, Hey, there's going to be food. Let's show up. <laughs> and, and it, re- it, it really is a driving factor for, 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 for all of us, you know, Super Bowl parties are all about the food, right? So we're food and commercials. Yeah. We're, all, we're all about getting together and having these social experiments and social experiences. Um, hey, so, so you kind of talked about uh, a few different things and I just want to recap some of them and, and make sure, I, make sure I understand, you know, you were talking at the beginning saying, you know, something kind of like you want to make the decision for you. You want to stand out. Um, and yeah. you know, being yeah. an outcast is actually a fantastic way to get friends. Um, and, and then yeah. you talked about that comfort zone and kind of breaking through that comfort zone. Um, what, mm-hmm. what else, what else would, would you want to share with us? I guess, um, hmm. 
<laughs> what else should I share? <laughs> <laughs> I think that <laughs> if I could sum it up to kind of a, a story or a, a worldview uh, that I've kind of adapted through my experience, uh, I'll take you back to uh, my, my sophomore year, uh, or actually maybe it was my junior year, but either way, um, throughout college when I'd just gotten okay with my own decision. And I, would, I was trying to like, find my place in college since I was different. Uh, how am I going to go out and be with people who make different decisions than me? Because oftentimes we find ourselves in those positions. as, hey, I feel a certain way, but wh- where do I find these people who are like me? Uh, how do I approach the situation without ask- outcasting other people who make different decisions? Um, I don't want to say that everyone else's way of doing things is wrong. So there was uh, one time I was out with some friends, and of course everybody wants to go to the bar. So all right, I'm with you guys. I'll go to the bar. And I had a system, you know, my friends would go up to the bar and I'd always ask them, hey, can you grab me a water when you're up there? So I have something to hold. Uh, That way people aren't bugging me throughout the night. And this night we were at this, this bar called Dark Horse and it was notorious just for being like this crazy dancing place. And so I have my water and I run out to the dance floor and this night in particular, I don't know why, but I was really, really crazy. You know, I was meeting all these people. I was dancing with strangers. I was making friends. And it was a blast. And at one point in the night, I have you ever had this, Mark, where you can feel somebody staring at you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I had that feeling. And I was out there having a blast, but that, I couldn't shake this. Someone was looking at me. So I kind of am looking to the side to the side, not making a big deal out of it. And I finally catch the pair of eyes. And I thought, like, I kind of got rigid then. I was like, whoa, what do I do? I don't, <laughs> I don't want this person staring at me. It's, it's weird. <laughs> so I kind of snap my head in their direction and I catch them. And when we lock eyes, his got real big and mine did too. Because it was my best friend from elementary school. No. So I, yes, right? I, I figured out why. I was like, okay, this isn't weird. And he's, like, he's been, I was been wondering, is that, is that Jake, that crazy guy out on the dance floor? So I run over there. I give him this big hug. His name's Max. And, you know, Max and I start catching up and talking about life. And then he finally asked me, Jake, okay, I have to ask you this. What are you drinking? And I, I looked at him and I said, water. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just silent. And he kind of grins a little bit. He's like, okay, for real though, like, what are you drinking? You're crazy. And I said, no, I, I'm drinking water. And he asked me a question that I always remember. And it kind of teaches me what goes through people's mind and kind of what is the reason why most people drink? And he, he kind of said, Jake, I, I'm not my, you know, second or third beer and I'm not on the dance floor yet. It'll take a while before I'm comfortable enough or loosened up enough to talk to as many people as you've been, you've been talking to, to be out there dancing, like quite honestly, like an idiot. Like you look so funny, but you were having an amazing time. And I think that's why you're making so many friends. And he said, how do you do that? And I had to ask him because I I just learned this myself and it was probably one of the biggest um, learning, I guess, learning points to date that have, have given me the most, the most confidence, the most success, the most friends. 
And so I asked him, well, Max, when I come into a bar or a house party or even a new meeting or an interview, I am always thinking about, about me and what makes me comfortable and the things that, that I want out of the situation. I'm not worried so much about what the other person is going to think of me or what all these people in this, this bar are thinking about me because I know that when I'm just unapologetically me, I'm out there dancing, being crazy, I'm going to attract those people who are also fun, outgoing, and crazy, and I'm going to repel the people who are negative and who, you know, who look at me and think, I never want to be friends with that guy. I, I want to repel those people because we're not a good match. And telling him this, I could see, you know, I could see the, the wheels turning in his head. And I finally asked him, you know, think about it this way, Max, who do you spend the most time with? And after he rattled off a few options, you know, maybe it was his best friend, Jared or something. I kind of corrected him and said, no, it's, it's you. So when you come into the bar, you know, and you're, you're loosening up with your drinks, I'll, what I do is I just tell myself, hey, I'm here for me. I'm here to have a good time. And that's what I'm going to do. Uh, so if you can do that, you won't actually need the drinks. You know, you can, you can still have a few if that's what you like to do, uh, but you won't need it. You won't depend on it. And that's what I want for you, you know, as my friend, someone who doesn't become addicted uh, like, like my family members have done. And so I think my, my big takeaway is thinking, what impact do you want to have on the world, on that, that audience? of the people around you, whether it's just your friends or it's your little brother or sister, what impact do you want to make? Because they're actually watching you. So if you use drinking to get these things, then they're going to do the same thing. But if you do scary things while you're sober and you get out of your comfort zone and you're crazy and you're just fully you, they're going to feel that confidence in themselves too. And I think we all want that for each other. So that's my long answer. <laughs> oh, no, no, it, it's an absolutely perfect answer because we have an impact. If we realize it or not, if it's positive or negative, we, just by being us, have an impact on those around us. And we have the opportunity to attract like-minded individuals or to repel those that, like, like you said, were just not a good match. And that's okay. Yeah. You don't have to be best friends with everyone in the world. You you could be yeah. <laughs> cordial. You could be nice. Um you could even be acquaintances, but you don't have to be yeah. all fully engaged in a deep, meaningful relationship with a friend that is completely different from you. Find those right. first. Find out who you want to be. Uh, when we moved out from, you know, we just moved out to Arizona this past year, and one of my daughters, um, I, I noticed when we got here, she all of a sudden had lots and lots of friends. And, and it wasn't like her. This is a daughter who is very studious. She loves to read. She's very quiet and reserved. And all of a sudden, she had more friends than her older sister, who was, you know, the sports star who's out with lots and lots of friends and always has activities. She had more friends, this little reserved girl. And I said, what, what happened? I was so curious. And she said, well, Dad... Yeah. I decided I wanted to be someone different. I decided wow. that's who I wanted to be. At 12 years old, she made a decision of who she wanted to be and now attracts 
lots and lots of friends always has something to do. She's always at a friend's house or they're always over here. And there's a whole gaggle of girls now. They're all hanging out and she's just decided that's what she wants to be. And that's what she put out there. And she made yeah. a difference for herself. She made that decision for herself to be that individual. And, and man, wow. in, in my, uh, in my 39 ish years, um, uh, you know, I even struggle to say exactly who do I want to be. And yet, we could learn from a 12-year-old. We could just make a decision and just start acting that way. And and we have phenomenal wow. <laughs> impact on others. Yeah, is, is that great? I, yeah, I'm, I'm, that, that I'm, is such a cool example. Yeah. There's, I think it starts in high school when you do have that decision. And it, it goes throughout your entire life. But you can look at the two different ways that people tend to live. And there's ones like your daughter, like you're saying, who is just fun, has a ton of friends, and they're allowing the right people to come into their lives. And I'm sure she's nice to everybody like we want to do, but not in, like not trying to be friends with everybody or quote unquote in high school, you know, the popular ones um, who might not necessarily be your best friend material. And then the ones who are kind of trying to make it work. And they have more drama. Um, they have more regrets or they're trying to be someone they're not. And you can tell, I think we can start telling really early when we're being fake um, because it does introduce all that drama and the bad responses and kind of inner turmoil in our stomach when we think, oh gosh, I've got to go do this now or do this now. Oh yeah. You know, in, in some of the things that, that I teach is all about being authentic and part of part of that authenticity is being vulnerable, allowing ourselves to, well, frankly, dance out on the dance floor without all alcohol and being crazy, and and mm-hmm. being willing to have eyes lock in on us, and yet really not caring because we're being authentic to who who we are and who we want to be, and when we live our life in that manner, not only do we attract friends, but we attract followers, and as business leaders. The more that we're authentic, the more that we really strive to to allow people to see who we are, both the work facade and the home facade, it's amazing what happens to, to their followers, to their employees. They are more engaged. They want to be around them. They feel more trusted. There's better communication. Productivity goes up. All of these things happen because of a simple decision of a leader or an individual to be authentic. And, and it has yeah. the ability to change and move cultures and change and move businesses to greater success. Yes. Well said. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Jake, I have loved having you on uh, the happiness dude podcast. This has been a lot of fun. I hope that we can have another conversation again. Uh, let's definitely get together again and chat face to face. I've enjoyed getting to know you as a friend and getting to know uh, a little bit about what you do. Uh, if someone on here is interested in contacting you and either be being a sponsor or or wanting to get involved in a community, what is the best way for them to contact you? The best way is to go to partyzero.org. And we have a form there. You can get in touch with me. Um, we're also on Instagram, party.zero. Um, but, I mean, if you Google 
sober parties or Jake White or Party Point O. Uh, you're going to find me. There's not many people doing what I'm doing. So I'd absolutely love to hear from anybody who wants to throw parties. Um, it works with high school or college students or wants to support those students who are doing awesome things and kind of showing the way that you can have fun, make friends and fit in without using mind-altering substances. That would be fantastic. I would love to hear. I, you know what I want to hear? I want to hear stories. I want to hear people that communicate back to this podcast, communicate back either to Jake or to myself on my Facebook profile, The Happiness Dude, or or even wherever you're listening to this in the comments, share how you have had positive experiences in throwing or being involved in these sober parties and sober environments and how you can be more authentic. We would love to learn from you. So if you're willing to share, I think it'll make a great impact to everyone as you, as you do that for each of us. Jake, thank you so much for spending a few moments with us this morning. I'm thankful for all that we've been able to chat about and I wish you the best of luck and success and cannot wait to, to, uh, frankly, speak from the same stage as you. I think that would be a lot of fun with you and I. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. All righty, Jake. Have a great day. You too. If you loved learning and being inspired today, make sure you subscribe to the Happiness Dude podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. When you leave a positive rating and share this episode, more people like yourself can hear these inspiring stories. To find more information about Dr. Mark Leonard and the Happiness Dude, Follow The Happiness Dude on Facebook for all announcements, events, and happiness insights. Or you can visit thehappinessdude.com.